0: little place. A little place called Aspen. This is the gondola cast with Andrew Wicks. So what what is the preface of the podcast? Today's podcast. The
1: preface of the podcast is it's February 16th. It's It's Mardi Gras. It's this man's birthday. I'm in the, the gondola, first Snowmask Gondola cast with Mr. Othello. Are you a one-namer like Oprah and Tori? Do you even
0: have a last name? Well, you know, I started I started my life with one name and I brought it here, that whole one-name craze. Tori got that from me, by the <laughs> way. Um, I used to tell people I was like Prince. I was like Othello, you know, like Prince? And they'd be like, yeah, I'm like, and then they'd ask the last name and I'd be like, uh, no, there's no last name. But that was because I thought I was going to be friggin' as big as Prince. And then when I realized after, like, 15 years of going, no, just Othello, I decided, hi, my name's Othello Clark. Othello I, Clark. I, I started I sounding a little more than shit.
1: You know. uh, were you named after um, the Shakespeare play, or were you named after the Hebrew Othello? <laughs> which which is the base I don't here? I the
0: Hebrew Othello. That's a good the one. The Sound of God. I have to I I've never
1: heard of that. I googled it this morning. I know more about your name than you do.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Actually, I'm from Panama. I'm from my mother is Spanish. She doesn't speak much English. And so when I was born in Panama, the doctor was from America and he was in a military base and he thought my mother was trying to pronounce the Shakespeare play Othello. But actually, Otello, O-T-E-L-O, is a very common name in Panama, and the doctor thought she, he was, she was trying her hardest to pronounce the Shakespeare play, so when he took off his gloves after he delivered me, he filled out the birth certificate and, <laughs> and helped her out and spelled Othello instead of Otello. Oh, no way. And then when we realized where it came from, we just kept it, but yeah, it wasn't supposed to be Otello. it was supposed to be Otello, O-T-E-L-O. O-T-E-L-O. Otelo. So right. if you're Spanish... I don't have to tell you that how it's supposed to sound because it naturally comes out as Othello. But American people, yes. But I if
1: don't. you are a big fan of Shakespeare, you're it going a different direction. A, it comes out as Othello, Othello, and then I get the question
0: probably three or four times a week. Your mom must be a big Shakespeare man. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's been the... Were both
1: of your parents Panamanian?
0: No, my father was in the military, and he met my mother in Panama, working by the Panama Canal Zone. And there's a big military base there. And so that's how he met her. And then after he met her, um, they came to Virginia. And then they went to Norfolk Naval, which is the second you know, largest naval. And that's where I grew up in Virginia Beach. And then what age did you get here? I got here at 20. I did a couple of years of school. And then I realized that it wasn't for me. And at that time, I was, I was a pro skateboarder, I guess, semi-pro. I, I traveled a lot with skateboarding. And then I learned how to snowboard one, one trip um, on a skateboard event. And I was actually skiing and I sucked and everybody on my team was skiing. And, and I was all crossed and tips and crossed and every, it was just awkward. And then about five minutes later, this dude comes zooming by on a snowboard cruising. And I looked over and I said, I know I could do that. So the next day, instead of renting skis, we rented snowboards. And sure enough, in like 45 minutes, I was, I was breaking off 540. How How'd you end up in Aspen,
1: though?
0: <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so what happened there was after that trip, I realized that I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to give up skateboarding. I wanted to give up all the other extracurricular things I was in at the time, which I was doing a lot of little kid modeling and um, little action sport shows in the East Coast and stuff like that. And I just wanted to get out of skateboarding, so I told my agent at the time that I'm going to be a pro snowboarder. And so she, I told her I was going to go up to this mountain in West Virginia called Wintergreen. Mountain, and, and she started cracking up laughing, and I was like, what? And she was like, Wintergreen? You know, you have everything it takes to become big time. It's not how good you are, it's who you know. And there's a place that you could go, learn how to snowboard in the best place on the earth, in the Rocky Mountains, and you can continue your career meeting all the most famous people. And who knows, you will get put in movies and this and that, and you can have your fun learning how to snowboard, but at the same time, you could keep up with your career. I was like, well,
1: where's this?
0: <laughs> a little place called <laughs> Aspen. It's called Aspen, <laughs> Colorado, and I went. No way, Aspen! And the first thing I lo- said to her, I looked at her dead square in her eyes, and I said, "Are there any black people there?" <laughs> She's like, "No." <"Nope." laughs> she said, "She said, you know what? I don't think there's that many of But you know what? It doesn't matter. Aspen's not that kind of place. And you're you'll meet everyone. You you you'll you'll have a great time." It and probably I said, helped you out though. Like, yeah, it made so, a, it, it made did. a brand. So it actually did, and so. I said, okay, fuck it, I'll go. And so I packed up my car. I had a little two-seater Nissan Pulsar, the ones, the MR2 wannabes back in the days. Yeah. I had one of those, and I didn't have luggage. I had trash bag. I put all my clothes in there, and I told my mom, I'm out of here, and she was bawling, and, and it was raining the first year, and I was like, bye, and she was like, no, it's raining, hotel, I'm like, I'm going, and I got in my car, and I set out to Colorado by myself. I didn't know one soul I didn't know one person in this whole town. And you
1: have basically been here since.
0: I've been here. I mean since. for me
1: growing up, right, as you said, it's kind of a joke. There's not that many black people in Aspen. So growing up, I thought there was like two black people with dreadlocks in town. If if I saw someone with dreadlocks in town is either you
0: or taggy or byron three <laughs> okay byron. remember byron tow, tow truck driver Uh uh-uh. oh man that's all i ever got i only
1: before. knew i knew two at the time
0: yeah there's <laughs> one more that he's no longer has dreadlocks but his name is byron and he drives he was a tow truck driver at that point and all i got all the time was like hey you towed my car i turn around <laughs> and you're like oh no no you're the skateboarder <laughs> and you got let off when I get let off, but yeah, I was either the guy who towed the car or the skateboarder. Does it
1: feel Does it feel like there's a few more black people to live here now? This
0: season, you? there's more visitors. Oh, for sure, you, bro. Well, right it's now, t- it's changed, has it not? A little oh, bit. Oh man, I try to explain it to people because they still use that same joke. Oh, he's one of the only black guys. though, you've mm-hmm. got to meet him. He's one of the only black men here in town. And blah blah blah. You're sure to notice him. Yes, exactly. But now there's over a hundred. Over a hundred of You've us. You've got, like, a
1: census going? Well, bro, oh. I'm the
0: fucking, um... I'm the captain of the Roaring Force black community. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, I just... I kinda, you know, I kinda... I, I I take count. And then I ask other black people how many they know, and then I take count. So, yeah. I guess I'm kind of the, the captain of the It sounds
1: weird, but I, somehow we had some sort of, like... Affirmative action marketing campaign this year because I think it's cool. But there's definitely been way more Do you think ethnicities here visiting this season than I've ever seen before.
0: Oh, visiting this season? Visiting. Yes. I wonder if I wonder if it's because it's you know more affordable. Our prices gone down. I don't know. Maybe there was just different marketing strategies with I COVID and. I haven't seen any black marketing strategies <laughs> <of> before. <brass. laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. We got to we got to look into it. Do you know one of the things that I wanted to do was I had this concept that I was going to start a black theme park here. And the black theme park was like, you know, those double decker buses, yeah. like in Europe when you go on the tours. Yeah. I wanted to recruit all my black friends, <laughs> and then and then have them rent out Aspen Village, the trailer park, yeah. and then we drive those buses around and show all the stars this house, and then we drive past the only black neighborhood in Aspen that I'd have people. I had it all lined up, <laughs> but I couldn't talk to any of my brothers to come out.
1: Yeah, it sounds a little tough. <laughs> so that, but your your mind's always been going. You've always had a different hustle. One of the things that was memorable to me is you probably started the first skateboard shop in town, right?
0: Yes. I
1: Othello's. See. Yes. It was down at the uh, cross from the Clarks and Aspen.
0: Mm-hmm. How long was that in existence? That, that was about 10 years, and then that manifested into a big deal for me, and that kind of helped create uh, the Othello persona in this valley in a sense. I don't know... You know, it was that and it was my snowboarding. Snowboarding led me to everything that that allowed me to do bigger things in this valley, but snowboarding was where it was at. When I came out on the scene here, not only being the only black man, but the only black man that had tricks was like, it set me aside, it set me apart. And, and I had more sponsors at the height of my career. I had more sponsors and more offers than snowboarders that straight murdered me. Yeah. Yeah. One, you gotta build a brand. Yeah. One, because I was black and unique looking. Two, because I had tricks. And three, it's because I was a nice dude. I'm not that, there's a lot of snowboarders and skiers who know that they're the shit and they act like that. Yeah. And for me, I was just, I was so thankful for everything that I got that I would show my appreciation and that appreciation led to more and more opportunities, and, and that's how I attribute my success in snowboarding.
1: Fair enough, we're getting to the top. You wanna to take a couple more? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Back on the snow gondola uh, with Otello. Yo,
0: yo.
1: We did a little uh, cruiser down the groomer. Do you remember <clears throat> You remember the first time a terrain park opened up on Snowmass? It was called. A, it was a snowboard park, and skiers weren't allowed in. No. No. I, <laughs> I think it was over there on on No Name.
0: Oh, I didn't know that it was a snowboard specific. It topic. was
1: snowboarder only. We were pissed. When we were but you know, I things. never,
0: I never snowboarded at Snowmass for a long time. You know, I my my career started going fast. Um, everybody's careers have levels, I guess I, I guess you can say. My career started going fast, and then I went to border cross. And then from border cross, I went to uh, the park, slope style. And so for about seven years straight, I never even took a run. I just went straight to Buttermilk Park, and from top to bottom, all through the park the whole time. Not one time for seven years did I take a run outside of the park. So that was my my... Time I never came to Snowmass, and then when Aspen opened up to snowboarding, that's when I got my park. And they named that run after me on top of that mountain.
1: Yeah, you had a little Othello Park on top of Aspen Mountain.
0: Yes, they, they called me and, and asked me if I. That story is a whole nother crazy story, but when I got that run, I'll tell you a quick, a quick little bit of it. I lived in Maui half of the season after snowboarding I would go to Maui to heal up and and uh, just lay on the beach and soak up all that good stuff so I was on the beach about to surf one day and I get a call and the president of ski Co at the time was Pat O'Donnell and he's like hello he's like are you having a seat I'm like well no I'm actually about to go surf he's like why don't you have a seat I have something to tell you It's like okay and I put my surfboard in the sand and I sat down and he was like, we'd like to reward you for what an outstanding figure you are for the Aspen community. I'm like, all right, cool. And I get that kind of shit all the time. And I was thinking he was going to get me like dinner for two <laughs> at Little Nell or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I was like, Ann." he goes, we'd like to name a run after you. And I said, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we'd like to name a run after you on the top of Aspen Mountain. And I said, no way. And he goes, what do you think? I was like, I think that's amazing. And I was always taught to shoot for the moon. And if you don't make the moon, you land in the stars. So immediately, without hesitation, I went, so if it's my run and it's my name on it, can I do whatever I want? And he said, well, sure. What do you have in mind? And I said, well, I'm thinking a terrain park that rails start in the snow and then they gradually get higher because if you know at buttermilk all these little kids since x games keep breaking themselves off on all these rails and it's not fun so if i had somewhere to train these kids i think that it would be better he's like that sounds great i'm like okay well so then i would like inverted jumps so i could teach kids to do backflips and front flips and he was like okay that sounds great i was like okay well then i need a hut (laughs) With couches and flat screens and PlayStation in there and we can have a warming hut so we could talk about all our exercises. He's like, I like that. And I was like, okay, last I'm gonna need a DJ to spin music and I'm gonna need speakers all throughout my run. So while we train we have a DJ spinning music. He's like, now you're talking <laughs> and that's where Nakaji came in. I hung up the phone, called Nakaji, he was my DJ, and I I sat on the beach, and I stared around at the ocean going, no way. I went surfing that day. Two days later, I packed my stuff up, and I flew back to Aspen, and my park began. That's sick. Yeah, it's crazy. No way.
1: You've done a a lot of things. I think it would be easier on the list to count stuff around here that you maybe haven't participated or had a hand in. (laughs) But one thing that...
0: That's a good way to look at it. I've never heard that.
1: One thing that's striking is... You ended up on the Bold and the Beautiful mm-hmm. soap opera.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How in the hell did that happen? <laughs> uh, well, you, you're bold and you're beautiful, okay. but I, I don't know, I think you got to check a few more boxes <laughs> to get on TV. You
0: know, it's a crazy thing. I, I, Again, I've just been blessed. I truly have, and I attribute that to being a good person. Again, like I told you on the first segment, that I, I, I feel like I reached the level of success that I was able to reach through being a kind, polite, and fun person. So that led from the snow park that I just told you about, X Games called me, um, which, you know... Yeah, you did
1: a bunch of hosting for X
0: Games. Yeah, right? I hosted X Games for eight, eight years. They called me from there and were like, we'd love a local talent to host X Games to get the crowd hyped. And so I said, of course. And sure enough, I advanced in that to where I was... Traveling the country with ESPN and hosting both winter and summer X Games for eight and a half years I actually brought on Nakajit and now he's the resident DJ there But I brought him on there with me to travel And so that was amazing and that was really doing good stuff And then I get this call from a soap opera And they, which was the craziest thing because at that time in my life I had needed it I was going through some baby mama drama stuff and I had needed something, just aimless, wandering aimlessly around town, like, what am I gonna do next? I gotta deal with this drama. And I get a phone call, and it was a producer from CBS, and I'm like, "Hi, Othello, we, uh, we we're coming to Aspen. We're gonna shoot a soap opera show. And when you shoot soap operas, you have to make them as real as possible. And the only way we can make this show as real as possible in Aspen is if you're in it. And I went, like, "No way. Well, that's that, that's." A, flattering thank you they're like well we wrote a part and would you like to be in it and i said of course what was that show called bold and beautiful oh, okay and so and so i said okay of course so they came and i got my scripts and i i read it and, I, and we filmed and i did okay i guess because after it aired two weeks later i got another phone call they're like oh my gosh we got so many emails um would you like to do it again And i said of course and so then they flew me out to L.A. And then after I filmed that, two weeks after that aired, I got another phone call. Oh, my gosh, we got more. Would you like to come? I was like, of course. Now that was my third one. And I did it again. And sure enough, the following two weeks, they called me again. And now here we are four years later, and I'm on probably like the 100th episode. You're still doing it? Here and there. Oh, yeah, really? I get calls. I make cameos. And I, I think it's because... So they didn't kill off your character. Exactly. And plus, I'm SAG. And to redo the all again, SAG would take a lot. So they probably have to give me an hour or two, sort <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of like qualify for, you know, the hours you have to have to be a SAG. Yeah. To get a paid Exactly. Now. So that's probably why. So I'm not killed off, and I continue to come back. Stop calling me, people. I don't want to work unless it's a soap
1: opera. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's how that happened, man. So, All right, so
1: that was through the X Games connection. That's pretty. That cool. was
0: through yeah. X Games, and I got opportunity to play Othello. I play myself on the show, Othello, yeah. snowboarder <laughs> from Aspen. So it's really weird. I'm the only character that's ever played himself on a soap opera. So when
1: you come back on, like, what is the, what does that look like? You just well,
0: what it looks like. I'm. You a have DJ. like an ongoing drama with yeah. one a woman or something. No, so so, they say a lot of. Snowboarders, when they're done snowboarding, they move to DJing. They become these fancy DJs. <laughs> yeah, of so course. I'm a DJ. Oh, nice. Snowboarder DJ. And the, and the main family on the Bold and Beautiful is called, they're called the Foresters, and they have this fashion empire or whatever. And I am the close friend of the son of the head of the Foresters. So, you know, he was fathered into this big corporation because he's the son and he's still this cool young hip dude and so my part got brought in as a friend of this cool hip dude from Aspen that he met on his ski trips and that's how I was introduced into the show. Crazy. Man,
1: this gondola is way too short. See why I'm doing them on Ajax? Mm. (laughs) Well, we're letting Othello get a little bit of blessing. I think since it's so short we'll have to wrap up with one more quick one and then take a pow turn and you got to get home to your son He's a cute little 11-year-old Dante. Was pissed that his dad was gonna do a podcast today because he wanted to celebrate the birthday. So, shout-outs to Dante, and uh, I think another shout-out to Tyler, Lindsay and SkiCo for hooking it up for today. Uh, we're already at the top, let's go. Skeet sunlight. I'm gonna make it happen this year. If you wanna go, let's go. Oh,
0: you'll have fun. It's like a, a steeper buttermilk. But the trees, I never do the grooms. only trees.
1: We're on uh lap three, how to get a third one in at least, cause this gondola is too quick. It
0: is, it's my fault. I'm sorry I didn't realize what you were saying when <laughs> a quick gondolas, but yeah, it's quick. Either that or our stories are too long that could be
1: <laughs> a little bit of powder today those trees were fun and then othello taking a t- putting it down in what i call the motocross <laughs> course under the elk
0: camp lift gets yeah. a little rowdy in there huh yeah that's that's where you take it up i like to get my speed there and then make one or two big turns for the whole run but i don't like making many turns turns aren't my thing you know yeah screw turns
1: <laughs> so you you walk to the hill today here in somas how long you have you lived in somas
0: well i lived in aspen for like 18 years 18 years 20, yeah 18 years and then i was just over aspen because it's so small and 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 i just wanted to spread my wings <laughs> i wanted to actually leave the state but I, my son i would never leave my son he's my world so i figured how can i make this different how can i start again how can I regroup and so I decided I would move to Snowmass and I've been in Snowmass for seven years now it's been the best move I've ever made it's like it's like a life a real life here versus 14 minutes away of a a fantasy world in Aspen but I'm not complaining I love the fantasy world in Aspen for 18 (laughs) years yeah for sure (laughs) And uh, Dante, said he's been skiing, he's 11 years old,
1: been skiing, but just started snowboarding to, to join Pop on the board. Exactly. And he's already keeping up with you after five days.
0: Exactly, you know, I was telling you, he learned to ski as all kids do here. He learned to snowboard because I don't know how to ski. I actually never skied. Never. I've never skied. So I didn't know how to ski and I couldn't teach him how to ski if I didn't know how to do it. So I, I taught him how to snowboard as soon as he started walking. And so he would snowboard every day with me. You know, I'd run 100 yards and catch him because he'd start going too fast, whatever, whatever. But in daycare, when we put him in there, you have to be six to snowboard, and he wasn't six at the time. So if he wanted to go with this class, he had to ski. And so that's how he started skiing, and then he never looked back. And this year, my sponsors all sent him out snowboard gear. And he just looked at me and said, "I guess I'm gonna make the switch, Dad." And I said, "You sure are." And now he's a snowboarder. It happened overnight.
1: So big kudos to Arbor mm-hmm. setting up Dante with a little bit of a little bit of set. Yeah. we've been talking about your multitude of different positions and hustles around here, and I don't even think we've touched on five percent of them. But uh, the thing you're doing now, as you're as you're settling in as as a dad and taking care of your little one, is trying to get in on this uh real estate game here got your real estate license did the hard work of the all the studying and so forth and got that about a month ago and now you are uh just in it and sort of realizing what a competitive monster it is out here huh
0: yeah you know it is as i was saying the the thing about real estate in this valley um is there's only a certain amount of inventory And so everybody knows about that inventory. And I didn't know anything about real estate. Everybody's been trying to get me into it for years and years. And all I knew was that the commission was really great and you get paid after you just sell a big house. And I know I could do that because I can sell stuff, I guess. I don't know. I've sold myself my whole life. (laughs) And so now I'm in it. And what I found out is there's only say for instance 100 houses for sale in this whole valley. there's 600 real estate agents. So you do the math. All 600 of these real estate agents are all trying to sell with these 100 homes. and I didn't know that that's how it all went down. but hey, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm just gonna have to get ahead of the curve. So and,
1: with with that being said, I mean how kind of how do you anticipate separating yourself from the pack want well, black? <laughs> and it's 2021 you actually we'll, have, we'll set a quota right like at least 10 percent of real estate transactions have to go through a black man a black man
0: and uh black on black real estate agents. and so we'll set
1: you up with a billion dollars in sales right
0: there Well, you know, here's the thing, here's the thing, and I I don't I hope I'm not jinxing myself, but the reason why I think that I might be able to advance in this industry is because realtors have to first make a name for themselves and then everybody has to figure out who they are and learn about them and then wanna decide on whether or not they wanna use them as their broker. I skip that step because I've been here for so long and I know everyone that that gives me a quicker advantage to the people who are trying to make a name for themselves. My name has already been made. So you're going to leverage your network. Exactly. And that's how I think that it's going to work for me, but it's only a month in, so we'll see. I still haven't left the, the action sport adventure world. I still want to snowboard and skateboard and go home and watch snowboard and skateboard videos. I'm not fully submerged in the real estate APR interest rates and all that yet. But
1: you're interested in, I'm interested and in
0: you're it. you're putting your toes in I am You're figuring it out I am You've and got a listing coming online I have a million dollar listing coming up Congratulations so That again is I, I would say is because of my network you know
1: I think the, we have an unconscious nugget below the I <laughs> oh know. no
0: he's just taking a nap <laughs> Smack down in the middle of the
1: run Well that <clears throat> you know it's, it's definitely doggy dog out there in this in this town everyone's trying to get a little slice of the devil's pie and i think i don't know you you seem that i think leveraging the network you should get that done
0: yeah you know i think i think it should be good because one of the things that i plan on bringing to the game here is uh clientele that's from all around the world i'm not focused on clientele from here in the valley you should um, market to Panama exactly well I'm marketing to LA a lot because through the soap opera I was able to make a lot of good friends at all different networks and those friends at all different networks happen to come out here regularly so I'm going to try to set something up where I have places for them to come and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go out of that route. I'm gonna try all kinds of different techniques. I will be out of the ordinary real estate agent for sure. Besides. Maybe
1: some fans will come to you. I remember one time, you left uh, you left Sundance here in Snowmass, and two women <laughs> looked at me and said, "Was that Othello from Bold and the Beautiful?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs>
0: uh, "Yes, yes, it was." <laughs> That's so funny. It, it it trips me out because I play myself, and so. One of the things you're not supposed to do is read your, uh, what do you call it? Read your, what people do you in the comments on soap opera sites and stuff. And I happened to have Blood read one on day, yeah, and it was horrible. <laughs> they were saying, well, who's this Othello guy, and what? how did they come up with that character? I wonder if Rick Forrester did drugs, <laughs> and that's how he met Othello, because he looks like he sells a lot of weed. Like it was such a horrible. Oh, people love to talk <laughs> trash. It's crazy. It was horrible. But so in,
1: in all your time here, and people you know, and celebrities that come in and out of here, who who would be maybe your next pick on a for a gondola
0: cast for me? Um, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR. He's he's a cool guy. Jimmy um, Johnson, yep. He's he's fantastic. Um, who else? Liam Rooney, which is. Bill Koch, Koch Industries' son, his family actually owns the Giants and the Steelers. He's one phenomenal kid. His dad is Kevin Costner. He's one kid. He's a great one you might want to get. Um,
1: I'd love to get Kevin Costner. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever seen the hashtag on Instagram Aspen? Kevin Costner is like every tenth picture. It's unbelievable.
0: Whoever. <laughs> Why is, is doing, that? Whoever is doing that is spending a lot of their time posting Kevin. <laughs> It literally—he's literally every other picture, Kevin Costner.
1: Yeah, I'm not kidding. Look at hashtag Aspen, and you will see every tenth picture is Kevin Costner. <laughs> he,
0: he has a super fan, to say the least. No, it's multiple pages though. It's
1: it's it doesn't seem to just be one page. There's just Kevin Costner flying all around the Aspen internet. Any thoughts on the uh, on the microwaves of Aspen business?
0: Yeah, no. I, you know, I haven't given much thoughts to that. <laughs> Aspen just keeps evolving and if you don't stay on the pulse of what aspen is doing you fall behind so i'm kind of starting to fall behind but every time i get on the gondola or i hang out with a cool hip person like yourself i kind of get caught back up
1: <laughs> well, you're on the pulse uh, with the real estate market best of luck it's been thank good you. knowing you thank you continue thank to shine brother
0: yeah look after me thanks for having me on the podcast anytime man i'm always excited to be a part of what you're doing